0: Hi, I'm Mara Webster with InCreative Company, and I'm so thrilled today to be talking about the fantastic series Up Here. We are joined today by writers and executive producers Stephen Levinson and Danielle Sanchez-Witzel, along with songwriters and executive producers Christian Anderson-Lopez and Robert Lopez, director Thomas Cale, and cast members May Whitman and Carlos Valdez. And, and Stephen and Danielle, I wanted to start with a question for the two of you in terms of of how you approach creating the narrative structure of, of this entire series, because I love that we have this couple that meet and there 's this immediate kinetic chemistry and connectivity between the two of them from that very first scene. You know, and it's it's such a dance to kind of figure out the push and the pull between them because you can't bring them together and kind of pull them apart too many times because otherwise you'll lose the audience. And yet you need to kind of have this constant conflict as they're going on these internal journeys within themselves to become the versions that they need to be for each other. And so I was really interested in in how you kind of found that balance and that dance of the push and the pull throughout the series because it's so much part of what creates a lot of the energy and chemistry
1: yeah, well, I think you know. I the first thing to say is that really the DNA for this piece is is from uh, Bobby and Kristen and from their original stage musical Up Here. Um, so, so we owe really the whole concept and and this whole notion of people struggling with these internal voices to, to Bobby and Kristen's original idea. And I think that our guiding principle was, you know, strangely putting two people together who should be together <laughs> was kind of. Uh, our perverse notion was that these two people belonged together except for the fact that everything inside of them was telling them not to be together. Uh, we wanted to create a, a, a story where the obstacles were were internal and psychological and historical. That really, these are two people who, who, if only they could be honest with each other about who they really are, could really open up to one another. They They could have a chance together. But instead, they're so bound by the things that have happened to them the mistakes that they've made uh the wounds that they've suffered that they can't ever quite bridge that divide so so it's really about people battling with with these internal obstacles to try to get to one another
2: and i think you know from the from the very beginning the five of us developing this uh together and then when we added a writers room it was a lot of um therapeutic questions, as writer's, writers' rooms often are, of like, how have you screwed things up? What relationships did you mess up? What should have gone well that de- didn't? What were the dates that failed? What were the moments that failed in your life? Which was a really fun kind of premise to, to get uh, what you're talking about, which was that push-pull. So we had a lot of fun sharing and, you know, um, being embarrassed together by how we had screwed up our own our own lives. <laughs>
0: I love that, and and Robert and Kristen, in, in terms of talking about the music, I was really interested in, in how the two of you found the, the linear thread of sound throughout this, because when you look at the songs that Lindsay has and that Miguel have, when you start to listen to even just the musical composition and the instruments that you're using, each of them kind of have their own unique identity in terms of the music as characters. And yet when they're together, there's kind of this really great amalgamation of some of the sounds that start to come together into that. And so when you were first composing and writing the music and then, you know, almost like redeveloping it for the series, um, how did you kind of work to really find what are going to be those linear threads for each of the characters individually? And then when they come together and things are really cohesive between them, what do we want that to sound like for me? each side
3: well uh, the great great thing about this concept is that it really needs to sing Um, the whole idea is that inside of us there's there's almost like a test in the teapot that is our brain and um, and it's full of music and huge emotion that we usually don't share and um, that sometimes we're not very comfortable with ourselves so um, so that was the That was sort of the guiding principle behind where is the where do the songs go, and uh, Stephen and Danielle were amazing at finding those spots along with us as we as we kind of found the story. But um, yeah, we tried to we have we had some themes from the original show that we brought in, and the idea of I can never know you, the idea of can I ever know you, or you know the can you ever really know someone was a really important one. Um, That's the theme that. When Miguel and Lindsay sing together, which are these special moments um, in in the show, and it's not until the very end that they actually sing in the same scene together. Um, uh, it keeps coming back to that. Can I really know you?
4: Um I would also say that one of the things that we brought our own personal experience um, and and used as uh, used in this in this forum is um the fact that we started dating in nineteen ninety nine and the music we were listening to in 1999 the Magnolia soundtrack and you know all those singer songwriters uh anyone who performed at Lilith Fair that we actually brought those influences in as we were approaching the score um and we also brought in some of some of our own struggles um you know the the idea for me of of like Trying to make sure I'm always telling my own story that I'm not, I'm not stepping into a story someone else prescribed me. Um, and Bobby, who has these huge feelings and is hugely romantic inside, but is always trying to play it cool and like be a man on the outside. Like um, as as Danielle said, we all kind of brought our own things that we're working on and and sort of brought them into the songs. Um, Stephen, I know I know there's Stephen all over all over these songs, uh, but I would let him tell you where
1: <laughs> that sounds wrong <laughs> 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 so
4: Steven's DNA is everywhere. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, you needed black light to really find it. Okay, <laughs> with the creator, Okay, you know, let's just let's keep it moving.
0: <laughs> we well, coming, coming over to you, Thomas. I wanted to ask you about how you approached finding the visual aesthetic for the musical numbers because, you know, like everybody's been talking about so far, you know, it is, it is this very internalized thing and it feels like the songs early on when they're still kind of developing themselves internally as characters are more in a space where it feels very realistic to their imagination. And then as the series progresses and their journeys progress within themselves, you start to really step outside of even being in the same location that they're physically standing in within a scene. And you really are able to kind of like break down the fourth wall a lot more in terms of the visual aesthetics and so how did you want to grow and evolve the visual dynamics of the musical numbers in line with the journeys that the characters are going on centrally as well
5: I mean who's better than you with your questions though can we just, right. just take like one second um well I feel like you really you know, you're identifying a lot of the stuff that we thought about and and I it's, in a way it's very simple when you have a score as varied and robust as this that's gonna dictate where it's going. So content is gonna dictate the form. And because they wrote a score where it's completely unified and cohesive and yet still has all of these distinctions within it, the moment and the story and the character are always in the foreground for the way that all of these writers uh, create and these two actors interpret. So our job collectively was to put our heads together with um, with our other designers and with our DP and our choreographer and really talk about what the moment needed because there's there's opportunity for real expression and explosion in this show and there's also real intimacy within the number and so it was really just looking at each of them and making sure that we were not we were not ever doing something that felt like it was in a different show but also not repeating ourselves so i think there's a lot of there's motif and things that recur but there's there's never a visual language that's uh, that's identical to something that happened, you know, a few songs or a few episodes ago. And that's just because the story really informed us. So we let that be the, the, you know, the guiding principle.
0: And, and in coming over to you, May, one of the things that I love in watching Lindsay's journey throughout the, the series and this arc is, you know, she she herself is the one to say, I really need to change everything in my life. And this is exactly what I wanted to be doing is to completely shake everything up. And yet, when you look at who she is at the end of the series, it still feels completely true to who we met at the beginning of episode one, even though she was in this place that, that wasn't right for her and wasn't feeding her creatively. Um. And so how did you go into really finding that very gradual development throughout the series so that you could carry her to this place of really having gone through such a monumental shift and change internally by the end but making it still feel like the same character we meet at the beginning because it's not it's not some overnight change it's something that's a day by day for her
6: yeah I mean i my answer won't have as many big words in it as Thomas's just <laughs> <laughs> um but uh you know I think one thing is like with a really good project, when it's like written so well, it's to, for me, it's always like all about every single tiny little moment, really like lining up with the next and making sense and kind of like finding the through line of the truth of every single moment. And I feel like this whole team ha- was always so great with like making sure everything made sense. And that's kind of like my whole concept is I'll do anything if I feel like it's honest or I can understand the reason why it's happening. And I feel like this project, it was pretty easy for me to, to carry that journey with her. And because the writing was so it's, it's funny how it's like, it's, it makes a big deal out of tiny moments. And I feel like that's the most fascinating kind of a project. And, you know, the concept of being able to be funny without being mean, the concept of being able to sort of have these like giant heavy themes, but sort of, in this really like fun and actually funny way that's somehow not saccharin. um i those things to me were something that i i was so surprised by in this project and i felt like i got an immediate sense of who lindsay was and it was that was kind of the most important thing to us was who are these people and how did they get where they are and what is what is inside of them that feels stuck or unexpressed and where where would they ideally be and like the growth of that and I think like it just made sense the whole way through you know and I I think that's a testament to the writing and it's it was just exciting to be able to have the space to be able to make that journey honest and know that by the end it was the whole change was built on a really solid foundation
0: Absolutely. And and I mean, Carlos, very similarly as well, you know, with with Miguel, he himself is talking about how it's been so long since he's felt OK. And so it feels like he's in such a place of of stasis and really not allowing himself to capture his feelings because he has such a fear of that. And so as you kind of go through the episode by episode and scene by scene. How do you kind of play around with finding those moments of, okay, this is where he's going to regress a little bit more back into himself. And this is where he's really going to be able to push himself forward and come outside of his comfort zone and and be more expressive within himself. Yeah. I think for
7: anyone, you know, it's like, it's our trauma, it's our pain points that like cause paralysis, I think in our lives. And, I, and obviously Miguel is no exception. And so I think there are particular things or triggers for him you know, that um, that sort of uh, make him revisit, you know, those moments and that feeling and that pain. And so I think for me, it was just more about finding within the context of these scenes and, you know, the overall story, what these moments are, what they look like um, and sort of like, you know, giving it, I don't know, um, a, a larger shape, you know what I mean? Just like contextualizing it, not just, in like in the scene but also in in the whole like eight episode you know thing so
0: yeah definitely and 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 in coming back to the music a little bit more Robert and Kristen you know from from what you were describing before as well And even just what Thomas was pointing out of like, there's so many different musical stylings and yet it still always feels connected. But I love the way that it kind of gradually builds as well. When you look at the first song that we open with, with that idea of can you ever really know someone, even just the number of different instruments and sounds that we're hearing is a little bit more intimate than the kind of crescendo that we have towards the end where you've started adding adding more layers and textures and sounds to it. Um, And so how do you really work on the music composition to find what are the different layers and textures and how do we want to start gradually bringing in other sounds that represent this growth in our central characters? Uh,
4: One of the things that we both love about musical storytelling is that there are some structural rules and you almost think of it like architecture. So while each episode is its own mini mini musical with its own theme and its own beginning, middle and end. Then this entire season is also its own musical with an opening number and I want songs and 11 o'clock numbers and a finale. Um, And so that again is sort of the beautiful inherent um, elegance of musical structure is something that we leaned on and relied on to help us also structure the whole story. Um, and and that's why this'll be unlike a rom-com streaming series, because we were also bringing in all of this musical theater DNA into the structure, which Stephen, Tommy, Danielle, Bobby, and I all you know live and breathe.
3: One fun thing that we got excited about was the idea that maybe we'd have a main title theme, um, and we wrote a song called uh, Can I Ever Know You? that then becomes the finale. Um, and it's almost like, you know that song from Friends, I'll Be There For You that by the Rembrandts? And there's the the short version you know from the show, and then there's the expanded version that they played on the radio. We wanted to sort of do that, where we had a, you know, the song you thought was the main title theme. Then you find out at the end of the show, it's that moment where May and Carlos sing right to each other and there's more of the song and we're sort of taking it trope from tv and a trope from broadway and and um kind of combining them in one moment
0: that's so wonderful and and you know thomas danielle and stephen for the three of you in terms of the writing and the directing of this show obviously the the musical numbers and those elements and and that inner world that we have allows you to kind of take places to much larger scopes and spaces. And yet the reason that the show works so well is because it's grounded through these really tiny intimate moments and details. And, you know, even something as simple as Miguel bringing cupcakes when he's looking for Lindsay at, the bookstore and her having had cupcakes when she first came to his office, those little details create these kind of quiet threads throughout between the two of them. And so I was interested for the three of you in, in how you worked to allow for the larger scope of what the series is able to be through bringing musical theatre into it, but really making sure that you always had those tiny details every step of the way.
1: Well, first of all, you are such a, a, a great viewer, so thank you for that. Um, I know, she <laughs> and, would
4: get an A-plus if she was being graded on this paper. Like a I know, plus. she
5: is, and she just did, let's be honest.
3: Yes.
4: You're going to yes. yes. print
0: in this,
3: this interview can count as the book report. <laughs> <laughs> we, You know, from the beginning, we
1: have this notion of wanting to tell an extraordinary story about ordinary people, as we all are ordinary people with extraordinary stories. Um, so that was kind of the the dance in our head that we that we like to imagine is that this was not a love story between, you know, two larger than life people that that as, as a viewer that I'm watching and going, well, I, I I don't know, I've never been a Duke or a Duchess. So I'm not, you know, like it's not that kind of a story. It's it's about these people that like, oh, I, I, I might imagine myself as that person and I might imagine myself as that person. And in my head, I might feel like a Duke. Um, but but essentially like. Like we're all kind of toggling, I, I think, between, you know, our ordinary lives and our ordinary everyday problems and then the the drama and the opera in our heads. Um, and, and I think a lot of the the fun of the show was trying to figure out those moments where those moments uh, where those uh, the, the contrast is the most extreme. So, like, you know, in episode four, there's a moment where uh, Miguel has had this uh, romantic experience with Lindsay and, you um, you know, it, on the surface, it's kind of just like it's two people who, hook, who hooked up and it's like that happens every day. That's pretty casual. But for him, it becomes a moment where he sings this incredible, beautiful ballad that turns into this gigantic uh, dance number through space. And it's like for us, those were the our favorite moments. We're finding like where we on the surface, if we're just looking, it looks like totally banal. Um, but inside, it's never banal. It's always um, explosive.
2: And I I think the things that we... Obsessed most about just as human beings are the small things. You know, that's what you can't get out of of your head is the little thing. I'm I'm even thinking of the first interview we did today. Oh, I wish I had, I should have said this thing. I didn't say this thing. It's run through my head 12 times. I'm like, stop. You didn't say (laughs) it. It's enough already. You know, and it's so, it's those things, especially when you're, uh, when when it's about love, um, you know, those are the, those small moments are the things that you can't get out of your head. I did this. My face looked this way. I brought cupcakes. I didn't bring cupcakes. What was the significance of cupcakes? Oh my God, he thinks I want to be a girlfriend. He doesn't like, you know, those things I think, Um, and as a comedy writer the smaller the thing I think the more comedy sometimes you can get out of it which was a real um fun challenge I think for all
0: of us um uh in in this series and for you Thomas with with the same thing in terms of just finding those visual aspects of kind of between the larger spaces Mm -hmm. and then small details
5: (laughs) I mean look the reality is and everybody on this zoom and I um try to count myself among them but I but I mean this it, what May was saying is something that, that Carlos shares and the rest of this group does. If something doesn't feel honest, this group won't put it in. It just doesn't happen. So if there's an idea that's suggested, we'll always receive it, we'll always listen, we'll always talk about it. But really what we care about ultimately is that the thing that floats to the top and ends up being in the in the actual show is the thing that felt like it had the most truth to it. So that felt like something that was, um, that was true in the writer's room and true um, when Kristen and Bobby and the writers were all thinking about what that moment can be. And then when it's presented to a company led by Carlos May, they're also gonna tell us when something feels authentic and feels honest. So, so all of a sudden those little details become the things uh, that make up life. You know, they're, they're, it's it's that specific and then that allows it to be universal. So we sort of use those really small moments to explode something. And so much of the show is about feelings that are bigger than the container. So. You, there's this love scene that happens and it's in a public bathroom, basically. But in our show, the public bathroom can become something so much more expansive. And I think that's what the music allowed us to do because the story and the characters collided that way. And you have someone like Carlos who can deliver that. So the whole thing just felt like it was infused with a kind of joy in the making of that we want people to receive when they're when they're sitting and, and, and checking it up.
0: Absolutely. Or standing. They
5: can also watch it standing. I don't want to make it seem like you need to sit. <laughs> no,
0: no um, instructions and just- in rules. <laughs> <laughs> to add
4: to that a little bit, um, it, it, the fact that when you meet your soulmate, I feel like I feel like there it sort of holds up a mirror to who you are and heightens everything in your life when you have that moment of like something is charged about this person, and that's why it is a rom com of two people who should be together um, having to fight their own battles in order to be to feel ready for each other really.
0: And and Carlos and May, I wanted to ask you both about the the nuances of of playing these scenes where there's musical numbers that are existing in their imagination, there's voices talking to them. And yet at the same time, when you're in scenes together, you have to play in a way where you're allowing the character to acknowledge their inner dialogue, but at the same time, they can't kind of give over too much because the other person in reality otherwise would be like, why are you talking to that person? What's going on? And so there has to, again, kind of be that grounded realism Right side by side with the fantastical and you have to be able to play to both in a very specific way in scenes and so I was just really fascinated in how the two of you found that balance of how much are they acknowledging this how much are they responding to it versus where do they need to just really block it out for the scene to make sense with one another
7: yeah it's an interesting acting challenge to kind of um, not ju- to be mindful of the subtext and you know have to sort of express that subtext through song and dance while at the same time like expressing the covering of it all you know which is a, a lot of what we did in those scenes is just like uh, basically just giving life to both of those realities the reality that's in our head and the reality of you know the sort of performance and the and the uh the safety of editing you know uh so yeah, no, I, I had a lot of fun doing that, but it was also, it came with a set of challenges for sure. It's like, it's like, I feel like I should have been pay, paid twice, really, because I <laughs> doing the thing twice and everything.
6: <laughs> <laughs> you paid for the Zoom, too, I think. Um, I, tr- I, honestly, I copied Carlos a lot, which was exciting. I feel like Carlos has like a very natural way of like emoting vulnerably through song and having it really be, you know, for someone who, like, doesn't come from a musical background, but I have been acting since I was a child. Like, I, it feels very innate in me, but you know, it's, it's exciting to learn a new way to express it. Like, it's a completely new medium for me. And so I think, again, because it's, it's vulnerable and it's true, it's like, for me, it was exciting. You know, we there was a lot of like fun, sort of as Thomas says. What did you say, like building the plane as we fly it or whatever? He had all these like little, you know, whatever. So it's still going, uh, but you know, it was very like we were trying to lay the track whatevers. as we
4: drive the train. Yes, driving, flying. It's we're build- it a lot, was a things lot that of rhyme. people. Okay, have judge. a
5: very small rhyming
6: dictionary, it's only <laughs> one page. Um. So you know, it was it was fun because. Like others have said, it was such a collaborative process. And I think like for me, it's always it's it's a really special process when you are working with people who are so like good at what they do that they are able to trust the people that they hire to like bring whatever the best thing that they can bring is. And so I felt like it was a real true collaboration in that way where everybody was they were like hey we like you and what you do and we want you to be a part of this and to be a part of this person and like so it felt very cool to kind of figure out the relationship with the head characters and sort of when you know when do we look at them when do we not when are we here when are where when is it bigger when is it not you know there was all these little bits and pieces that because this hasn't really been done before we were sort of figuring out as we went and that was really exciting so i think like yeah, copied Carlos a lot, ignored Thomas's notes a lot, and pretty much, you know, came up with the best possible answer. <laughs> so I, down, Thomas. <laughs> Take those notes.
0: <laughs> I really, really love hearing all these details from all of you about how this all came together. Um, I'm so excited for people to see the series. So congratulations on such a great show and thank you so much for talking about this. I appreciate your time today.
4: Thank you. Thanks for Thanks being so here. Thank you. It was Thanks again. Really nice. Gold Star. Gold Star. Yeah.